Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Division for You Big Book Study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Uh, today is Thursday, August 6, 2020, and today we're reading from the Big Book, and we're currently we're back in the doctor's opinion. We're currently on uh, on page XXVII, Roman numeral 27, the bottom paragraph. It begins, of course, an alcoholic. And we're going to read the one paragraph only. So today's readers, we have Mary G. on the 12 steps, Elaine J. on the 12 traditions, and the readers of the text are Sam S., Cindy M., and Barbara E. And thanks to the newcomer greeter, Rick J., and the host for the second hour is Jody E. The share ID for yesterday, Wednesday, August 5th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting was 15,104. That's 15104. And the 10 a.m. meeting, 15,109. That's uh, 15109. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose. So what is that purpose? Well, to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive reading can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I'm going to ask uh, Mary G. if you get us started, Mary, with the uh, 12 steps. Good morning. Good morning. This is Mary G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Minnesota. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, that through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service. I pass. Oh, thanks so much, uh, Mary. Okay, now, Elaine J., would you be kind enough to read the 12 traditions? Good morning, Elaine. Good morning. I am a compulsive reader. My name is Elaine J. from Harper, Pennsylvania. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve. Thanks so much, Elaine. Okay, here's how this uh, this thing works. Um, Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. And anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, for readers it's six months, and there is absolutely no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And of course, we're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. If you'd like to share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, uh, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So here's where we are today. Uh, We're in the big book. We are in the doctor's opinion on Roman numeral 27. That's XXVII. We're on the bottom paragraph. It begins, of course, an alcoholic. Sam's going to read the one paragraph only, and then we're going to share on that. So Sam S., good morning to you. How are you, Sam? Good morning, Larry, and thank you so much for your service. Good morning, everybody. This is Sam S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Bristol, Rhode Island. 
Of course, an alcoholic ought to be freed from his physical craving for liquor, and this often requires a definite hospital procedure before psychological measures can be of maximum benefit. You know, I've read this uh, this big book before, and when I'm reading the big book and when I was in the food and in the food behaviors and still trying to control and get my way, it read like hieroglyphics to me. It made absolutely no sense. And this little tiny paragraph has so much in it. You know, I was trying to write pages and pages on what I was going to say. And, um, and it all just, the truth came out, which is I cannot have both the food and the spiritual experience at the same time. I've tried it in my experience here in, Over, in Overeaters Anonymous, and I, I couldn't see clearly every time I tried to take my will back, either with the food or the food behaviors or the food thoughts. Um, I, I love the, the talking about the definite procedures, and it, it mentions on uh, working with others, too, that some people need hospitalization. You know, everybody's hospitalization period is going to look different. Uh, for me, I know a hospital procedure requires more than one person. So until I get that power, I need the help and the support of other people. And I need a game plan. I need a game plan until that power kicked in for me. Um, while I was still white knuckling and trying to work this program hard and fast so that way I could get through the steps because that's where the miracle was. Uh, the last thing I want to share, which really was gave me a lot of hope, is reading Dr. Bob's story in the back of the big book and he says that he still had his craving for liquor two years two and a half years it says but interesting he didn't indulge it and he didn't go back to the uh to the alcohol um and i need to know that if i have an a, a, you know an, a, an emotional craving or a physical craving the food is down and i'm absent and i'm a recovered woman that does not mean that i have broken anything or that I have not had a spiritual experience because I know what I need to do. I need to help others. I need to go and I need to be part of somebody else's hospital or procedure. I need to give service and I need to not have the illusion that I am a, a failure if this comes, just like Dr. Bob, his story on page 181 where he talks about that. So I'm really glad today that I am, I am, I am clear, I am free of the food, that I've gotten the maximum benefit of the spiritual experience, and that for today, my God is not a four-letter word for food, that my God is a, a power who is with me always and grants me the freedom if I just do this work one day at a time and I don't rest on my laurels. So I'm so, I'm so glad and I'm, I'm so excited to hear what everybody else gathered from the short, um, packed, rich paragraph. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for getting us started here. So uh, Sam read uh, Roman numeral page 27, bottom paragraph, of course, the alcoholic, just the one paragraph. Um, now, although we, we find you very fascinating and interesting and knowledgeable, lovable, all those good things, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others can, can squeeze in here. So who would like to share on what was read? Chuck K. Hey. Chuck Pedro B. B. Pedro. Lisa, Who else? Lisa B. Lisa? Gloria K. Gloria. Teresa P. Teresa. 
Kim Trisha C. from New Hampshire. Okay, let me hold it right there. I got Kim. Who is from New Hampshire? Trisha C. Trisha, I should know that. Trisha from New Hampshire. Okay, here's who I have. I got Chuck. I got Pedro, Lisa, Gloria, Teresa, Kim, and Trisha from New Hampshire. Hey, Chuck, you uh, get us started here. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service. This is Chuck Kay, a compulsive overeater from Georgia. How much fear can you pack into a paragraph? That's what I thought. Do you mean to tell me I have got to give up and be entirely abstinent for this program to work? And the answer for that was yes. And it took about four and a half years for me to understand what that meant and why. And basically to take all the fear out of that, out of that paragraph, simply what it means is I have to be free from the food, but only for a short period of time. I white knuckle it for a short period of time so that I'm able to work the steps that will give me the power where the, 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 the need for that food is gone. Therefore, it's not hard to stay away from that food anymore. And then I have that feeling of being safe and protected. Why? I don't want to eat the food anymore. And so, you know, we hear the phrase that, that all good things require work. This is very hard work. It was probably some of the hardest things I've ever had to do. To know that I have to give up the only way I've been able to cope with this world, to work on these steps, which I'm not sure yet, I only have faith that they'll work, it was very difficult. And I kind of have a funny story. I remember several years ago, I spoke with a member, and we were talking about entirely abstinent, and I had this list of stuff that I couldn't eat. And I, I kept thinking, well, I guess let's eat grass. I don't know what else I'm supposed to be eating. This is, this is, lady's crazy. I cannot believe that this is what I've got to do. And I gave up some of the th items on that list, and it took another year or so, and after I had given up all of these things that were on that list, I realized that that was what that list was all about. So it took some time for me to get there. And I guess that's okay. That's my journey. But it was important for me to see, and it made things a lot easier when I realized I only have to diet for a short period of time, 48 hours a week, whatever you want to call it, just a short period of time. And I've done that throughout my life, done that successfully. And if I can have enough faith in these steps, work these steps with another recovered person who understands them, who can read them like a textbook and guide me through them, then I don't have to worry about eating those foods anymore. The desire is gone. It's lifted from me. It's a miracle. And it's something that I've experienced, and it's something that I like to share. So uh, I know how much fear is packed into that sentence. Uh, and I've experienced it. I, I laugh about it now because I remember how vivid that fear was in my mind. And I thought I'd like to share that this morning. I hope everybody has a good day. Hey, Chuck, thanks so much. Okay, we have Pedro followed by Lisa. Pedro, it's still dark in, in L.A. there, isn't it, in California? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Can you hear me, Larry? Yeah, Pedro, how are you? Good morning. I'm fine. Good to hear you. Um, yeah, my name is Pedro. I am a compulsive overeater in San Bernardino, California. Welcome, everybody. Uh, thank you for being here for me. Um, yeah, it's a very short paragraph, but uh, very powerful. You know, uh, of course, this is the doctor's opinion. 
and um, you know this idea of being free from from my physical my physical craving for food right for um is um you know this craving that that I have um physical uh, I want I want food I want I want and you know not only certain certain kinds of food ingredients and stuff but also um the amount the amount of food you know um so anyway if you're new um basically this you know the doctor before he talked about we have the they talked about the double whammy right the double whammy that you know we have uh an obsession of the mind i want i want i want and then once we start eating the physical allergy kicks in and and then we want more and and uh and i you know the spirituality is what my spirituality what tells me that you're gonna be fine pedro you you can go ahead and eat anything you want and 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 you you eat as much as you want and, and you there's no problem here you know and uh I feel that's my spirituality uh so anyways uh you know this idea of uh having to go to the hospital for a for a procedure to stay away psychological measures you know uh the spiritual the emotional the mental part that uh the steps will relieve me of 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 this obsession and and that i that if i if i stay away from the food those ingredients and i stay away from the tremendous amount of food that I, that my mind wants to eat i'm going to be able to stay abstinent but see um uh i understand that abstinence is really important but uh recovery for me is a lot more than just abstinence see uh just like uh the big book talks about uh, uh sober you know there's a difference between being uh dry and being sober Sober means uh, soundness of mind. Sober to me means that uh, that I develop uh, an excellent attitude, that uh, that I have a spiritual awakening, that I'm you know uh, I'm really uh, with this with that I I really practice the steps to get to spiritual awakening and and I'm able to help somebody else. So you know. Uh, Sobriety means a lot more than just not drinking. Sobriety, uh, abstinence is staying away from the food, but recovery means to me that I need to be sound of mind. And with that, I pass. Thanks for letting me share. Uh, thanks so much, Pedro. Okay, we, next we have uh, Lisa B. followed by Gloria. L-E-S-A. Lisa, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Larry. <laughs> So funny. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, this uh, such a sh- short reading. There's three words that really jumped out for me. The first one is freedom. So some similar words for freed, rather freed, would be release, liberate, discharge, emancipate, let go. Well, that you know, that's the whole goal is to get freedom, not just momentary relief from some 
a use of a tool here and there, the tool that we have, our wonderful tools that support us while we go through the steps to get recovered, but not living just in the tools to get some relief, but really freedom. You know, that's the goal. I never got that. There's so much in this big book and in this reading, and that's why going through it with a recovered person was so valuable to me. I kept thinking the doctor's opinion. Well, I can read it myself, you know, and I've had people say that sometimes. Well, just go and read it yourself. I can't unpack this on my own. These words totally slipped through my my mind. The other word I love is craving. Well, craving is what our allergy is. So the allergy to my alcoholic substances and even behaviors um, and ingredients, it shows as a craving. It doesn't necessarily show as a rash. Most of the time, you know, it, for alcoholics and addicts, it shows as a craving. I never really understood that either. So that word totally slipped through my mind. And that means a powerful desire for something. And guess what? I'm beyond human aid, especially with the progression of this illness. I am not able to not have i i will pick up because of the craving it's too powerful for me it's not that i'm spineless and weak-willed and then the other word that i really love psychological measurement wow what a mouthful that means and i looked it up and there is two words in there that really jumped out it discusses the presence of emotional disturbance wow i knew i was riddled and i still can be riddled with emotional disturbances and that's saying to me that this illness is an interior problem. It's an inside job. I was convinced that if the people around me, the circumstances were different, I would feel better. And sometimes I still fall under that, that uh, lie, that if I could just get these things to change, I'll feel better. So I'm not able to understand the 12 steps until I am freed from my craving. And I never really got that until someone unpacked this for me. But even in the unpacking process, if I'm not entirely abstinent and clean, I'm not going to get this, you know. And years can go by. For me, 15, 18 years that I lived in that hallway of a middle-of-the-road solution, and just it just kept missing. I kept missing it. Well, I'm so grateful today to be here, but I haven't arrived. I can still miss things. That's why I need to keep showing up. I pass. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, we have Gloria followed by Teresa. Good morning, Gloria. Gloria, did I just scare you away with my singing there? Press star one, Gloria. Oh, I got it. (laughs) Hi. There you are. Hi. I'm Gloria Kay from uh, South Florida, and I want to thank you. You do so much for uh, this this particular program and everyone that shared. I got so much today already. It's like ditto, ditto, ditto. Everybody said so much. But I guess for me the basics is, is if I put down the food, we, the we program, put down the food just for 48 hours, just for 48 hours, then, then we can begin to work on the psychological measures and then and and some of us have to go to hospitals but but um it but we can't begin the whole thing until we put down the food it's just simple to me that's all i got for today thank you all bye oh thanks gloria okay we have teresa uh up next followed by kim hi teresa good morning Good morning. This is Teresa P., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And uh, I was looking at that, uh, the hearing that, of course, the, um, in our case, the overeater must be freed 
from the craving and even a hospital stay may be needed. And, uh, you know, I thought that uh, a number of times, like, you know, they get to go to hospitals. Why can't I? They'll just keep me away from the food. And, uh, but, you know, I didn't need to do that, and I'm grateful for that. I, I got in a program, and I put down the, the, the foods that I knew at that time were um, my uh, triggers, whatever you want to call them, my allergy foods. Yes, yeah, so I did put those down. And that worked, and that was over 25 years ago. And it was the sugar and uh, oh, sugar and chocolate, yeah. So that worked pretty good for a while. And then uh, later on, I learned that there was uh, 10 years later, actually. Well, I, I, I would find as I go along, there'd be other foods that would crop up, and then I would have to put those down. But the next big one was 10 years later was uh, the the flour. And so I've done that, and the I first. And CEA House, like, and I'm very grateful to them because that that helped me so much more. And uh, then there was became, but there's always more coming along that I get to let go of, and I and I never let go of them easily. And it's always a struggle. You know, well, I don't want to. It's just like, oh, gee, God, you want another one? Haven't I given you enough? And so all my foods have claw marks all over them. And I always find that once I let go and say, okay, God, you can have it. And, uh, you know, and I don't do it gracefully. I don't do it happily. I don't do it nicely. However, I do it. And and then God takes it. So God keeps all these foods for me. And, uh, and I find that just staying away from the food for even 24 hours. And then I find out, well, then, oh, where did the craving go? I mean, I, I don't even want it. Before, I, you know, I couldn't live without it. And how was life without another particular food? And and it's just like, I don't care. It's just like that one, uh, you know, wasn't doesn't bother me whatsoever because I've been freed from you know, the craving, just like uh, the big book promises. And not only that, but God always provides you know, something better, nicer and better. It says, oh, I don't do this anymore, but I have these over here, things that I enjoy. And um, today I do eat simply, and it's okay. It's good. You know, I have um, had some difficulties with um, digestive problems, which I've had for years, uh, and way before program, and very near killed me to begin with. You know, and I don't need to figure it out. The doctors never figured it out. But I do know that uh, giving it to God and you know, letting him, um, you know, take care of them works. And, uh, you know, and I just get to go uh, and just get to keep doing it. And I don't do it perfectly. And uh, I actually found another one is I thought I could do figs, little innocent figs that I took off my own little tree, you know, this is like supposed to be perfect, and uh, well, they made my mouth sore, and the insanity came back one more time, but you know, there's figs, I can eat these, so I ate all six, and got a very sore mouth, and just recognized that, you know what, this is absolutely crazy, just don't eat them, and so, you know, by giving those in God's hands, even though he spent $300 for that tree, and just have it, it's growing there, and and just go, okay, it doesn't matter. You know, God's got it. And it all goes back to, but I can't do that. Unless a gentle I'm reminder. Sure. And thank you for letting me share. I'm so glad you all are here.
iPad. Thank you, Teresa. Okay, we have uh, Kim followed by Tricia. Kim T for terrific. Hey, Kim. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Um, this is Kim T. I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, now in Virginia and today, not in northern Michigan. Um, when I read this reading and thought about the physical craving, I remember my first experience going through the steps. Um, I I know this is a redundant theme, but I thought if I was sugar-free, I was good. You know, if I made peanut clusters at night, it was okay because I was sugar-free. Um, but yet, in my first experience going through the steps, my sponsor would say, listen to vision, it really, it helps me so much, but I couldn't seem to find the time. Um, my sponsor said, you know, um, that her body didn't know the difference between sweeteners, um, that she really encouraged putting them down, but I, I thought I knew better. I would read from the front of the book or the back of the big book. I would read 12 and 12 one night, or it was just, it was chaos. Um, it, I couldn't, I was walking around drunk, um, and I couldn't, I couldn't hear things. Um, I remember saying that to my sponsor, I just can't seem to maintain things. And then, um, I had a relapse, but I talked to another fellow who thought it might be more of not just a relapse, but also an awakening. Fast forward, I got clear. It was painful, but, you know, the pain was nothing like the pain of the relapse, and it was nothing like the pain that the treadmill of hell, I call it, the food had me on. It was nothing like the pain of just not doing anything. And it is possible. It is possible to get clear and stay clear. I think God, and this is just my opinion, rejoices over our willingness, but loves action. Um, and why is it so worth it to get clear? Well, I, I just thought about how I wake up. Now I wake up, and I thank God for the possibilities of the day. I get to invite him in every aspect of my life. I get you know, before when I, I have chronic pain and before when I was in real pain, I would grab popcorn or skinny pop or whatever. And now, now I get to show my daughter the power of God, the power and vulnerability because of the transformation, because of the miracle of recovery, because of what my higher power has done in my life. I can't do it. And my sponsor can't do it, but he can. A higher power can. And I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Kim. Okay, we have Tricia, and then we'll, we'll take some more uh, names. Tricia, good morning. Good morning. Thanks, Larry. This is Tricia C. from New Hampshire, recovered. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, I'm so grateful. Thank you all so much, so much on this line. I've spoken with so many of you over many years, and uh, I'm so grateful to be recovered today. 
you know, I was a chronic non-recoverer. I can't even say chronic relapser because that implies recovery. I was a chronic non-recoverer, and I'm just so grateful for God and this program and all of you. Um, for me, hospitalization was everything, everything. And no, I didn't go into the hospital, but my sponsor said, we're going to make a hospital for you. You are going into your own hospital. And here at home, I um, continued to work at home because of the stay-at-home thing. And um, I went into the hospital, and I protected my recovery. It was as if I was in the hospital. It was my only purpose. My purpose was to work these steps and be in the hospital. I needed it. Uh, I, so what did this mean? I could say no to things. I don't have to make big decisions. If I were in the hospital, I wouldn't make big decisions. I would postpone them. I don't need to see people and do things that I didn't want to at the moment. It's okay to say no and work my program, work my recovery. And thank God my sponsor didn't say, get out of the food and call me in 48 hours because I couldn't get out of the food. I was in quicksand and I was flailing. I was going deeper and deeper the more I tried. And she just calmly took my hand and guided me right out of the pit. You know, she, we didn't work the steps till I was out of the food, that's for sure, but she worked with me because I couldn't do it alone. If I could do it alone, I wouldn't be doing this program. I'd be doing something else for sure, Let me let, that's for sure. And I didn't know what entire abstinence was. It ended up I had to identify trigger foods. I needed that. I had to put things down that many other people in program could eat. And that frustrated me. But then I realized how free did I want to be? I'm entirely free today because I put the food down. And I'll just end with this. If I don't, if I want the food, I don't want God. It's either food or God. It's either me or God. And Bill says, alcohol was my master. Well, you know what? Food was my master, and I can't serve two masters. It's either food or God. God's in the north and food's in the south, or God's in the east and the food's in the west. I can't turn both ways. I can only turn one way. It's a turning. And with God's help and my fellow's help, I turn to God today. He's been there all the time with all the powers, and I... I know with this program now, I can open my hands to him and receive. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Oh, thank you, Tricia. Okay, just to let you know where we read from, uh, Roman numeral 27, XXVII, the bottom paragraph, of course, the alcoholic. Who would like to share in what was read? Jackie B. Maria. In the UK. Okay, let me tell you who I have so far. I missed some folks. So, um, Jackie, Nessa, Vasa, Lynn, Liz, who did I miss? Tennessee. Hannah E. Hannah, uh, was that Nadia? Maria. Yes. With an M. Oh. No, Nadia right. E. Okay, I got Nadia and Mar- is Maria or Maria. Mar- I guess Maria, that. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Maria. All right, we'll see if we can get to you, Shannon. Um, I'll tell you who I have here. So if everyone would meet their line, unless they're Jackie. So I got Jackie, Nessa, Vasa, Lynn, Liz, Hannah, Nadia, Maria, and maybe Shannon. Let's see where we get. Hey, Jackie, let's get it kicked off here. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much, everybody. I really appreciate 
uh, everybody's share and uh, service today. Um, I, for me, I've been in this program 28 years, but only uh, almost four years is coming up on on my abstinence today. And uh, I've had recovery, don't get me wrong, I've had abstinence and everything, but not to the level of getting rid of the craving and the obsession. Because you could be on the greatest food plan. I've been on all these, you know, OA um, approved food plans that we had in the past, but they still didn't stop me from wondering when my next meal was coming. It was only when I started to really, really listen at, for two weeks, uh, the Vision for You line, that I suddenly started to look at my history of the type of foods I ate, whether they were sugar-free or not sugar-free, whether they were uh, gray, you know, yellow, blue, uh, red light foods, whatever. And when I found a food plan that took out all of these ingredients, all of these ingredients, I have to say for me, the very first meal was my spiritual awakening. All of a sudden, I did not have food thoughts or, or, the, or the noise in my head of a, you know, whatever was clamoring in my head. And I said, oh, my God, they're correct. The big book is correct. If you take out these ingredients, honestly and truthfully, right from the get-go, I had clear mind. So what I had to fill it with? The 12 steps, the big book, listening to every podcast on God's Green Earth in OA, uh, as well as the vision. I filled myself a program, and that's the difference today. Today, I have clarity. Today, I have experienced strength and hope. Today, I've gotten out of God's way and have been able to share honestly, openly, and with integrity. So I let you know that no matter what, you're ne- what, you, what you think you're giving up, you get so much more back because I am so grateful because I could not face life today with the things that I'm facing today if it was not for the clarity I have. Because if I don't have to worry about the food part, I am there to deal with life on life's terms and with my higher power and with this program, with this fellowship and with my food plan and everything else. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Jackie. Okay, we got Nessa followed by Vasa. Hey, Nessa, good morning. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I also want to share on the concept of freedom. Um, you know, I agree with what was said uh, before. Freedom is not wanting or doing whatever I want when I want how I want. Freedom is the absence of subjugation um, and the redemption, I guess, of some subjugation, which is what I've experienced with regards to the food because I was definitely a slave to the food. And that also means for me, Freedom is the ability to promise something to myself and keep that promise. And that's something that I was totally unable to do uh, before I recovered. I don't know how many times I said, you know, Monday I'll start the diet and this time I'm going to keep it and I'm going to lose the weight and I'm going to keep the weight off. And by Tuesday, the the, uh, promise was gone or, you know, by New Year's. I'm going to, you know, do this or for the wedding or for this event or, 
you know, like myriads and myriads of occasions where I made that promise to myself and to others and sincerely meant them and I broke them because I wasn't free. I was a slave to the food. Um, and that freedom came for sure with recovery, but it has to start with abstinence and not only just with plain abstinence, but as we're going to read later on um, in the opinion with entire abstinence, because you know, I had a big struggle. I mean, I came to a point where I had given up almost, I mean, like, I think I, I thought I had given up everything. I was not having any sugar or sweeteners of any kind of sugar substitutes, no flour of any kind, not even whole wheat flour, organic flour, like no rice flour, no chickpea flour, like nothing. I had given up all the, you know, snack foods, you know, whether they contain flour or not, or sugar or not. Like I, you know, there was nothing else for me to give up. Um, but there was one thing I kept holding on to that I thought it was innocuous, you know, and many people in program um, can have it without a, without a problem, uh, but it was not the case for me. You know, that was coffee. It was the very, very, very last thing I gave, I gave up. And it was um, at a point where I was just like, uh, it was just, I, I didn't know what else to do. You know, like, how much more can I give up? And, you know, then I thought, like, what do I have to lose? You know, if I give up coffee and I get recovery um, as a result, then I'm never going to want it again. And if I don't get it, then I know it's not the coffee. I know it's something else, you know. Um, and I did. And I achieved entire abstinence. And, and then I was able to work the steps without breaking my abstinence. And I recovered. And, you know, abstinence is about not eating. Recovery is about not wanting to eat. Uh, and I don't want to eat in recovery because I have a better solution than the food, and that is God. But the starting point is entire Thanks abstinence. It's not, thank you. It's not the goal, but it's a, a, an essential prerequisite. And I have to pass with that. Thank you, Nessa. Okay, Vasa, it's your turn, followed by Lynn. Good morning, Vasa. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for your service and everybody's service this morning. That's a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I'm just so grateful. I have a second chance to God. I've been given a second chance to life. If I kept continued going, doing what I was doing, I'd be dead by now, or I'd be a very, very sick woman. Please tell me, somebody. But anyways, uh I was shocked to find when I read the doctor's opinion, and of course I've had a woman that brought me into the program. I just, you know, I I never I I never knew about the allergy or the mental mental obsession. Well, I knew, but I didn't know what it meant. I just loved to eat. That was my problem. I didn't know anything about eating disorders. I didn't know anything about compulsive eating. I just loved to eat. That's that's what I told my sponsor. And she said, what's well, a disease, and we have the uh, allergy. And for me, it was progressive. Um, and uh, I remember thinking I was to the end of my rope at that time and trying with everything tried that everybody tried or doctors told me to do. I mean, I could, I could have become nutritionist if I went back to school, experimenting, doing everything to cut down, on calories and this, and none of it worked. And um, I remember thinking, well, maybe 
if I in those days they had the jaws stapled, now they call it bypasses, gastro bypass, whatever. Or I remember thinking, well maybe if I have that or maybe if I go to a hypnotist that might work um, and uh, uh, there was something else I was thinking, but I was just too embarrassed to go in and to do it. But anyways, I had suffered with the, the disease, you know, for 25 years of my life. I just, you know, I remember surrendering, and I said, my sponsor said, the only way we can do this is if we surrender to a higher power to turn the food to help us and work the 12 steps the way they laid out in the big book. And I remember saying, oh, God, I will, I will to surrender to anything right now. A higher power, the 12th, whatever it is, whatever it takes, I will do it. I just don't want to die. And I went cold turkey. That was that first night I came from the meeting. I went in the bathroom. I got on my knees. Okay, I will get on my knees. And I surrendered. And I remember saying to God, please, just help me. Help me. I can't do this any longer. And that was the beginning. You know, yeah, I had a spiritual experience that moment. That's the only reason I kept coming back, because of my spiritual experience. But anyways, I got up and I was going to go in in the kitchen to check the refrigerator. And remember, that small voice came. How many times you've told yourself, Vasa, I will start this tomorrow, next week for this occasion. I'll wrap it up. Turned around, came in the bathroom, in the bedroom. And that was the beginning. And I started learning, you know, to give up certain things, you know, that led you to me. I can't tell you my whole life story, but thank you for letting me share. And I pass. I am strongly alive and going. And bye. Thank you so much, Vasa. Okay, we got Murderers Row. We got Lynn, Liz, and Shannon. Hey, Lynn, good morning. Good morning. My name is Lynn S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. When I was listening to the text being read, my mind was going, what is it about OA that we fight this idea of total abstinence? It seems so much harder than our AA fellows do. What is it? As I was thinking about it, I was going, because it's that pain that pain that we've all experienced about trying to live life without the food and then struggling along maybe without the food, but then life gets so painful. And, you know, I can remember dieting and dieting and dieting, and when I was dieting, man, you know, jolly green giant green beans, and I'd weigh them and measure them, and if there was one pimento piece too much, take that off, and it was great until I couldn't stand it anymore, whatever the it was. So I was thinking about this, and I thought, you know, what life was like dieting and without the food was going to a restaurant and a waitress would say, what would you like? And I'd say, I'd like a toasted club, please, with fries, but I'll have a salad and hold the dressing. You know, don't even put it on the side. Just don't even give me dressing, you know, and all this stuff. The missing link in this whole explanation when talking to people about putting the food down is the fact that the desire to eat that food is removed. 
And that's the difference, that internal fight and struggle, and I want that food, but I can't have it because I need to be good, or, you know, I, I just have to lose the first 140 pounds, and then I can reintroduce it, or maintenance, or whatever. To truly, I can remember thinking, you know, that I would, like the thought of a sandwich is orgasmic to me. I salivate like Pavlov's dog still after 31 years or two years when we mention the word sandwich. But the difference is I don't want it. I have no interest in it. When before I lived for that, the first food I ever hid when I was a kid was Wonder Bread in my drawers. And to try and get that concept across to somebody that they will not crave the food anymore or there's no desire to lie in bed, the passenger side filled with all your binge foods and stuff yourself until you think you're going to explode and then just get one more bag in. That's gone. I have no desire to do that anymore. I'm not fighting the food. I'm not fighting the food behaviors. I am so grateful for this amazing program. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Lynn. Okay, we have Liz followed by Shannon. Hey, Liz, good morning. Liz, press Hi, star one. Liz. Hi, Liz. Hi, Liz. Here. Can you hear me? I can. You can. Brilliant. Hi, yes, I can. Liz Hi, Liz. E from Bristol in England, UK. Um, thank you so much for um, this meeting. And um, wow, what an amazing paragraph. Um, I've been in OA eight, nine, ten years, but I've only recently started to study the big book with you wonderful people. And I have found recovery. But I've only found recovery by studying every word and every phrase and every comma with you beautiful people here on this in this meeting. And it is just so powerful to really, really understand it. I'm a nurse and what this is just the light bulb that's gone on for me today is that this often requires a definite hospital procedure. Well, for me, that has been my absolutely amazing sponsor and access to a really high number of people who've got high quality recovery in this vision for you. And that is my hospital procedure, is coming into this particular fellowship and having access to healthy people and people who... You know, so my sponsor is, if you like, my doctor and kind of giving me, um, you know, because doctors, you know, they tell their patients they diagnose a problem and they kind of make a, you know, a plan. But it's up to the patient to follow it and up to the patient to take the action. And that is what has happened for me. And I can now say I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And wow, it is amazing. And yeah, this having to be abstinent, and I am learning, I'm in early recovery, but but it is the ingredients, like other people on the call. I was still having artificial sugar. Um, I've given that up. 
And boy, that's made a massive difference. I put, I thought I'd put sugar down, but I hadn't. And yeah, I'm just so, so grateful. And I've got more and more to learn about how to have an abstinent life. Um, it's also about abstinent behavior, healthy behavior. And, you know, I've just had a bit of a tricky co- uh, thing happen this morning with my ex-partner. And I kind of wanted to go into a rage, but I didn't. And he sent me a text and I just put, great. I nearly want, I wanted to put comma and you're so stubborn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I didn't. I just put great and left it like that. And only by the grace of this program have I learned that that is not harming him so much. It harms me way, way, way more. So um, thank you so much to everybody here. And any newcomers want to get in touch with me, I'm Liz, L-I-Z-E, as in Eddie, and I'm in England, UK. Thank you very much. I'll pass. Oh, thank you, Liz. Okay, uh, Shannon's going to be up next. Uh, Nadia and Maria um, we'll, we'll might have to wait till the second hour. Shannon, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much for your service, and thanks to everyone who shared. Um, this is Shannon, grateful, recovered by the grace of God, um, compulsive eater, um, and uh, it's a miracle for my life. And um, what just keeps jumping out at me is, um, of course, an uh, alcoholic ought to be freed from his physical craving for liquor. Um, you know, in this case, it was food, and I'm a compulsive eater. And what just keeps pounding in my head at this moment is the fact that for so long I had a lurking notion. I had a lurking notion that somehow, someday, I would be able to control and enjoy my eating. You know, if I'm being completely and truly honest with myself, yeah, maybe there were some times where I wanted to just completely veg and binge and stuff myself, but the facts are I didn't really like that feeling of of that. I never really wanted to be that way. I never wanted to be a binger. I never wanted to over really overeat. I just wanted to control it and enjoy it. Um, and that was my great obsession. And I certainly didn't want to be like you guys. I didn't want to be a compulsive eater. And I certainly didn't think that I could, that I could have this problem, you know, but for the longest time I was in, I mean, I've been in recovery for a long time. I couldn't figure out why. Um, God has helped me with so many other things, but there's this thing that I can't, why can't I eat normally? You know, so I had this lurking notion that I was different um, and somehow someday I'd beat the game. But then um, finally, I'd and I'd tried all different kinds of food plans within OA, without, you know, OA, um, all different kinds of things, food plan, no food plan, you know, all of this. But until I fully conceded to my innermost self that I am a compulsive eater and that I had absolutely no power to change. And that everything, absolutely everything I had done and tried and thought and prayed and everything just had not worked. Until I truly saw that, I had no power to change. And I did. You know, I got to that point where I didn't know if this was going to work or not. I didn't know if yet another sponsor would work. I didn't know because I'd worked the steps. I don't know. But I was just at that moment. Yes, sir. Uh, Moment of desperation, reached out and 
I'll be darned if this these steps didn't work. I mean, they they did, and I'm I'm free. I'm grateful for that. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, uh, thank you, Shannon, for wrapping us up there, and thank you to everyone who has shared. Uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Let me give you the share ID for today. <clears throat> that share ID is 15,114. That's 15114. And so we're, we're going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164. We're going to follow that up with a serenity prayer. Cindy M., would you, would you read that for us? Yes. Good morning. This is Cindy M. from Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. Um, happily recovered compulsive overeater. Um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great things, great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.